everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 69 of Our Baseball Weekly. That's right, it's the weekly podcast from the Baseball subreddit. And today we have, as usual, a great interview with the Orioles power ranker. It is Gib Tafasa. Sorry if I mispronounced it. We're just going to call him Ben the entire time, and that's okay. Uh, they'll talk about the Orioles, obviously, as well as their system when it comes to ranking the rest of the league. Uh, but before that, though, I am Maz, and I am back after a couple-week absence. I'm sorry about that, everybody. But today, I'm joined by Phil, and we're going to talk about the usual baseball news from the week. Phil, how are you, sir, today? I'm great. I'm also back from a couple-of-week hiatus. Uh, I had to come back because it's episode 69, Maz. You know what they say about episode 69? Nice. The nicest. Exactly. Yeah, I was uh, supposed to be here last week, but family stuff got in the way because it was Easter. I was supposed to be here the week before, but I was sick. And then the week before that, I moved. So, uh, you know, that was obviously out. What happens when you got regular ass people like us on the podcast? Yeah. Regular day-to-day life kind of stuff going on, but I'm happy yeah. to be here. It's been, it's the first time that I've been on with you in quite a while, so I was really excited about yeah. that. Yeah, I just like you, I said, oh wait, it's episode 69. I, I'm on. I'm coming. Don't don't worry about it. Definitely. <laughs> um, but we got a couple fun things to talk about before uh, Lewis and Ben talk about the Orioles. What do you think is the most important story from the week? Well... I'm going to lead off with uh, one of my all-time favorite players, Mr. Miguel Cabrera, getting his 3,000th hit. Congratulations to Miggy on that one. Yep. Um, Everybody was watching with bated breath this entire week. Uh, Comerica saw more more fans than it has in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, as, to watch Miggy. As a, as a Tigers fan, I, you know, a, a part-time Tigers fan, uh, my family was blowing me up all week back home been going to every game they possibly can to get a chance to see him in person mm-hmm. to actually have he's looking like he's having a pretty decent season this year which is great because it's kind of known that this is the swan song he's kind of reaching the end of his career i'm glad he was able to get to 3000 uh and kind of kick off the rebuild that the tigers are going through so yeah i'm i'm super happy uh i wish you could have got it done a little bit earlier this week but you know the rules of baseball are what they are and that's that's how it goes yeah, I guess we'll talk about that. It was kind of like a big thing on Thursday, I believe, of this week, uh, where he was 0 for 3, and then I think it was in the ninth or 8th inning, he came up with a man on 2nd and 3rd. So he got walked in his final at-bat. He got intentionally walked. So the the, the good old uh, hold up the four fingers and then they send you down to first base. And, and people were very, very angry about that. Uh I can't bring myself to be angry about it, even though it's the Yankees. But I, I don't know. What do you think, Phil? I know we were talking about this before we started recording, and I'm, I like you, I'm also a, a giant Yankees hater. But I don't see anything wrong with the call Aaron Boone made. Um, have a runner at second and third, and a, although, albeit a shell of himself, a shell of himself as a power hitter in Cabrera, I think walking him was the right move to set up the double play. You know, I, I know why Detroit fans were upset because they didn't give Miggy the chance to get his hit. But mm-hmm. in the context of a baseball game, it was absolutely the right call to make. I, I can't be mad about that. Yeah, same here. I, I remember I was watching the game. I watched his first two at-bats and then uh, I had something to do. So I missed his third and his fourth at-bat. And I was reading the discourse about it. And I guess I kind of just assumed that the Tigers were going on a weekend road trip somewhere. 
And maybe like that was the reason everybody was so upset. And that I guess I kind of would have gotten that. Like if it was his last home at bat and now he's going on like a nine game road trip or something. Okay, I I guess I get why people would have been angry. But obviously he wanted to do it at home. (laughs) Right, right. But no, they they were home this weekend. They played Colorado at home. So that even adds more to my bewilderment of why are people so angry? (laughs) Because baseball fans, as, as you are one and I am one and anyone who's listening to this podcast are look for reasons to be mad about something oh yeah we're we're incredibly stupid um i will say for myself yes i'm incredibly stupid as a baseball fan um but hey you know what he got it off antonio senzatella um in the first inning of uh saturday's game so that that was pretty cool it's a great Um, a baseball name by the way antonio senzatella Um, and then I think you were talking about that rebuild that the Detroit is doing. I thought it was pretty fitting that he got a single and then right after him, Spencer Torkelson hit a home run and drove him in. So I, I he, thought that he, was pretty cool. He uncorked the torque. <laughs> exactly. Over the right field fence and, uh, yeah, hit a home run, give a quick two nothing lead. And that, that was pretty cool. So that's, you know, maybe poetic, the, the past of the tigers and the future of the tigers. That's pretty cool. Little, little handoff of the torch as it were. Yeah, exactly. So congratulations to Miggy. Uh, I guess let's talk about another guy that's kind of in like uh, his swan song, his final season, Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals. Which is uh, weird to me to, his to war. hear someone else say now, uh, Albert Pujols of the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. There, was a, there was a freeze frame that was making its way around social media and ESPN of, it was... Um, Albert Pujols and Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina in the dugout, all kind of like hugging each other. And mm. I thought, I, you know, I, I grew up watching watching the Cardinals in the NL Central and hating the Cardinals and hating Albert Pujols for all the terrible things he did to my team. But then I got to really know Albert Pujols as a person and all of his charitable work and have have a have a begrudging respect for him and. I, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping he gets there. I'm hoping he gets to the with the what seven hundred home runs, and yeah, he's already got three thousand hits. Um, yeah. He got it last year, right? He is in his career. He is at six hundred and eighty-one. He's got nineteen more to go, and I'm pull, I'm pulling for him. I hope he gets it. Yeah, that yeah, um, it could happen. I know you, you know you, you mentioned the the picture about Wayno and Yachty and Pujols, and uh, I I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I think maybe Nime was on the program with me, and I just mentioned that I I hate the Cardinals too. I know you do, as a Met fan. You know, oh six, I still haven't gotten over, and then just I don't know. I just don't like them. Man, it's gonna be insufferable. Uh, the last maybe month and a half of the season when all three of them like going out together. And, and then it's all five gonna years. On, that's all going to depend on how they go out. Because yeah. if they play like they did last year, it's going to be extremely insufferable. And I'm sure Nime is all here for it. I'm sorry, but yeah. <laughs> uh... and then you know, especially in five years, they all go into the Hall of Fame together. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! <laughs> but yeah, and there's, uh... there's no reason the three of them shouldn't go into the Hall of Fame at all. I mean, aside from the fact that Molina is not a Hall of Famer, but you know, whatever. Everybody coasts. <laughs> That's debatable. <laughs> All right. I, I, you gotta say stuff to, like, you know, drum up outrage occasionally. Oh, so. that's over here with the hot takes. <laughs> I know. If anybody's not a Hall of Famer out of the three of them, it's probably Wainwright. Um, but 
I don't know, Cardinal, and he'll get by just from being surrounded now, by those three, I think. I assume that Albert Pujols is as close to a first ballot Hall of Famer can be. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And no doubt. Yadier Molina is probably the greatest catcher of our era baseball. I mean, I'll disagree with you, but we won't get into it. That's maybe for the end of the year we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, maybe, maybe at least top three. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah. Right. Is a good pitcher. He's fine. Right. He's fine. He's a good pitcher. Uh, right. Nothing special yeah. at all, I think. Um, but I, I guess the reason that we bring up pool holes is because everybody was celebrating. I think it was like maybe two weeks into the season. Everybody was celebrating that his war went up over 100, his B war specifically. Uh, well, now it's back down to 99.9 again. So uh, we get to have another celebration or another post on the subreddit in, in a couple of weeks when he goes back over 100. So uh, just a just a quick update. His B war is now 99.8. Oh, Going Drop dropping further and further. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we. Uh, it's always weird finding segues here because we went from two an older player in Miggy to an older player in Pool Holes. Now we're going to go from a bird player in Pool Holes to a bird player in John Means. I buy yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's do that. <laughs> um, John Means dropped some news on social media a little earlier this week. Turns out. The worst has come to fruition. He's going to need Tommy John surgery. Uh, he was initially put on the IL a couple of weeks ago due to a strained elbow, but he got uh, some MRIs and it confirmed the worst. He needs Tommy John. Obviously, he's going to miss the, all of 2022, probably all of 2023. What is it usually? A tw- what is it usually? A 16, 18 month rehab? 16, 18 months, yeah. Yeah, so he'll probably miss all of 2023, but that 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 sucks. Guy threw a no-hitter last year. The Orioles are very inoffensive, unless you're the Yankees. Um, but I, I like John Means. Do you? Uh, I do, and not no disrespect meant to Orioles fans at all, but I thought Means would have been a good trade target for the, tar- the Orioles to kind of uh, you know, fill up their coffers at the trade deadline. Um, mm. Obviously, puts a big dent in his value. I don't have anything bad to say about the Orioles. I think John Means was entertaining to watch pitch. I got, I watched, I watched the last three innings of his no hitter, uh, firm all the way. And it's, you know, you as well as I can attest to the fact of being a baseball fan where one of your pitchers goes down with Tommy John is it's never fun and it, it really sucks. So I feel bad for, I feel bad for him and for Orioles fans everywhere. Play yeah, same here. Arm. Yeah, b- bad for baseball because he's, uh, you know, obviously the top pitcher on that Orioles staff and he fun to watch. He's, he's 29. So, I mean, it's, I don't know, he's still got time. He could bounce back. Uh, I, I hope he does too. It's not uh, like I he's think, 39 coming back from Tommy John. Yeah, which you might as well just pack it up at that point. Um, I think it's worth noting that their starters have actually pitched really well from that since he's been on the IL. Um, it's been. A handful of games, they haven't allowed more than two earned runs now in 11 consecutive games. And they actually have an ERA of 1.69. Nice. During that span. So, I mean, that's good. You know, they're not like they're the pathetic Orioles of the past. They're maybe starting to turn around a little bit on the backs of their pitching. And they don't even have some of their top prospects up yet. And in in tradition of episode 69, they're carrying a 6-9 and record right now. Ooh, are they? Nice. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's rough injuries all around 
I guess another big story from this week was that the pitch clock is is up and running in in minor league baseball. They're trying it out for this year, possibly to bring it to the major leagues. And now that they have about 130 games, it's okay to start looking at some sample sizes. They've actually shaved about 24 minutes off of the average game, uh, which I think sounds pretty sick. Uh, Everybody hates the pitch clock, it seems. What, What do you think about the pitch clock? I have no strong opinion one way or the other. Uh, other Perfect. than let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> other, other than um, I'm a fan of keeping baseball games under four hours because I watch in a time zone or I, I play in a play in a division where I get to watch games at nine o'clock at night. And if it, if I get mm-hmm. to go to bed before one, I'm a happy camper. That's the Mets right now are in Arizona. So I, I had to deal with that on Friday night, you know, staying up you until 1am. Yeah, you know how it feels. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I don't really mind it at all. I'm all for quickening the pace of play. Um, it, it's about pace of play. It's not really about game time. Um, it doesn't matter if the game is 24 minutes longer, shorter, or the same. It's all about the, like the time between pitches, I think, is the biggest problem that people have. Um, yeah, it, it's different from like the extra inning rule, I think. Yeah, I would like to see. Yeah, I'm I'm for the pace of play being picked up. Uh, you know, it's going to ruin the careers of guys like Pedro, the human rain delay Baez. But yeah. and let's 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 speed it along here. There, there's no yeah. reason. There's no reason. Well, uh, the picture for the Orioles that came from the Astros organization uh, that. Well, it was his name, Jordan. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Montgomery, but he's a Yankee. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, was off quoted as, you know, having a half an hour uh, up in the mound, you know, delaying pitches. Any, any, any time <laughs> we can remove those sorts of situations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I just, I know I had a moment. I think it was opening week. I remember watching one of the Nationals games, like with my family or something, and we were ready to like go out. And it was almost the end of the inning or like, you know, there was guys on first. I don't know, the Mets were threatening or something and we're we're ready to go out and we're just standing in the living room watching the game. And like the batter stepped out of the box and then got back in and then like the pitcher stepped off and then got. And then I think it was after the third time I finally just kind of lost it. And I just yelled, God, baseball is so boring. And, and it's was, like, that, that's what we need to get rid of. <laughs> So I, I took I took my I took my kids to a game on Thursday night, and my nine year old she was super into it because her dad's super into baseball, so she paid attention the entire way. Twelve oh, year old looked at me and said, "Dad, this is boring. When is something going to happen?" <sighs> so she see she understands it. That's what baseball is. Yeah, it's, it's a four hour game with fifteen minutes of something exciting going on. Yeah, I, you know, I said I just moved. So I've been going out and meeting a lot of new people and this and the other thing. And it always inevitably comes up how much I love baseball. And one of their first things they always say to me is like, I dislike baseball or like, I hate baseball or God, baseball is so boring. And I'm always like, I love baseball. It's my number one sport. It's boring as hell. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> so a social I, game. I, I never disagree with them. I'm like, yep, yeah, I get it. You probably hate it. Um, We'll go to a game and you'll love it. But yeah, I'm not. I'm never going to expect you to sit and watch on TV with me. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, let, I welcome that. Um, that's definitely something that we can look forward to if it comes to the major leagues, which it might. Um, you know who's not playing like major league baseball team right now? It's the White Sox. 
um, they got problems. Why don't you tell me about them? <laughs> so uh, on on four, since it's episode sixty nine on uh, on four twenty, nice. nice. <laughs> uh, the Chicago White Sox were playing the Cleveland Guardians and were charged with four errors. Give them by mm. Tim Anderson, who in a postscript to that story, uh, just a couple of days ago, suspended by the MLB for obscene gestures towards. Guardians fans who apparently in the, the or, I'm sorry, Guardians fans. Guardians okay. are apparently at the center of all of the controversy in baseball this week. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, about them again in a minute. But uh, so, yeah, yeah, the, the White Sox uh, this last week have been playing uh, not so good, pretty awful, terrible garbage baseball. And, and Eloy Jimenez is dead again. Uh, and Eloy poor, Jimenez is dead again. Poor guy just can't stay alive. Uh, what the hell, man? <laughs> uh, sorry to watch the cake because I know you were on, you've been on here and we fuck uh, and you listen to this, but yeah, the White Sox look about as good as the Astros do right now, which is pretty not good. So normally that's a good thing to say, but yeah, you uh, have been lamenting about how the Strohs are not playing good right now. So they're they're. <laughs> I, I hate to bring it up again, but they're about to fin. They're about to uh, have a six and nine record as well on episode sixty nine. Oh my god! So many teams with six and nine records. It's still early. It's some of the beautiful stuff is that you could be six and nine and everything's okay. <laughs> no, I think there's. I think there's a reason behind that, and we're we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to the Guardians, like we spoke about. This is fresh in everybody's minds, and it's the new worst thing in baseball. Uh, if you missed it, I, I can't really give like an abridged very well, maybe we can, uh, with Miles Straw, Stephen Kwan, and the Yankee fans. Let's, uh, let's talk about that. So first of all, how, how are you going to throw any shade towards the Kwanazans? <laughs> the everybody's new favorite rookie. Uh, he's the, he's the Shohei Otani of 2022. Yeah, no, he's the he's the Cody Bellinger, he's the Eric Thames, he's the Reese Hoskins of 2022. Uh, a rookie I that know, lights the world on fire. And I know some people who don't like Cody Bellinger. <laughs> uh, yeah, a few. Well, Cody Bellinger now, or Cody Bellinger uh, circa 2015, whenever he yeah, throws under Cody the scene. Cody Bellinger circa 2015, no issues. <laughs> But yeah, he's the literal new hottest rookie on the face of the planet. He just the swings, yeah. does not miss because uh, he doesn't like it, he said. But yeah, he, he was going back on a ball in left field uh, that actually tied the game because he missed it. And he kind of ran headfirst into the left field wall. Um, one of those chain hard, one of those chain link fences with like a video board behind it. So it wasn't. Maybe as hard as like just a regular padding, but it still messes you up. And he got shook up. A uh, poor guy tried to make a throw into the infield and was way off and kind of stumbling around a little bit. Yeah, poor guy. It sucks. Um, and apparently some fans, since he crashed into the left field wall, were yelling stuff at him, holding up hand gestures. I don't know. They didn't say if it was anything racial or not, but like it was so bad that Miles Straw climbed up the fence and started yelling at the Yankee fans and pointing and yelling back and forth. Again, we don't know exactly what, what was said, but it, bad moment uh, for everybody involved here. It was just not a good look all around. Um, having the chance to watch Miles Straw play baseball for a couple of years, always came across as kind of an even, even temperament, 
you know, pretty quiet guy. So makes me wonder, you know, what was being shouted for him to finally turn around and just say, you know what, I've had enough. I have to address the situation. Yeah. It, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw shade at an entire fan base because of the actions of a few. That's never good. It's, it's just, it was, it's just, it's not a good look at all. And these are, these are not the stories as baseball fans you want to hear, you want to see come out. Uh, about about the game that you love so much it's just gotta be better than that y'all yeah absolutely you know i guess the the postscript to that was on the next i think that was the first or second it was the second batter of the inning and two batters later Gio rochella walked off the guardians you know they were playing at yankee stadium he hits a double to right field walk off win for the yankees and fans in right field Start throwing stuff at Miles Straw and uh, basically the Cleveland outfielders, beer cans, water bottles, full beer cans and water bottles. Um, And again, another shameful moment, just tons of trash and beer cans being thrown onto the field, one of which hit an umpire and one of which uh, I believe it was Miles Straw picked up as it was coming at a very, very badass moment. But yeah, again shameful display by the Yankee fans and uh not only that it, how much hate to see it. beer can cost at Yankee Stadium <laughs> uh gotta be 14 15 16 bucks <laughs> and it's Plus like half full money to be throwing away to be throwing that kind of stuff at <laughs> Guardians outfielders yeah come yeah on. exactly come on, baseball fans we gotta be better than that yeah that's uh you know I John Boy did a, a breakdown of it because of course it's a thing that happened in baseball and yeah he was chastising the Yankee fans and quite frankly was acting disgusted about it which which as he should I think he has a a very loud voice in Yankee fandom and and baseball media so good on him for you know kind of doing the right thing and not saying about like I don't know how awesome it is or something which some Yankee fans have done which I just don't get um I don't know what else to say that hasn't already been said on the subreddit. So, I don't know, let's move on to to more statistical or happy things as I see you reacting in our video here, I presume, about the Astros. Uh, Jeremy Pena just hit a walk-off two-run home run to walk off the Toronto Blue Jays. That's rookie Jeremy Pena, who's also on the Our Baseball Mods Fantasy Baseball team. My God. Hi, you. God dang it. Was, well, you're not probably play. going to lose every game this season, but you're not playing well, unless I do. Um, so how many beer cans did Astro fans throw on the field just now? Uh, none because you don't mess with Texas. Oh, no. oh boy. <laughs> uh, let's move on to some stats uh, that affects everybody in baseball and not just the Guardians, Yankees, Astros, things like that. Uh, Numbers are down, people. Numbers are way down. Everybody panic. Everybody yell at Manfred to change the ball or don't change the ball or whatever the hell it is. Uh, Do both. Go go ahead. Do something, Manfred. Take me through these numbers, Phil. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, looking up on baseball reference, uh, the, the batting average across the league is the lowest in Major League Baseball history. Now, the current league batting average a cool 231. Ooh, that's for all okay. team. Um the, the okay, so I wanted to see how that compared historically and then how that's compared recently. Oh, so the worst 
uh, the low batting average in 2020, which was kind of on the in the lower third all time for batting average. Batting averages was in, in the COVID shortened season, which was kind of known for being a somewhat offensively bad season. A league batting average in 2020 was 245, about 10 points higher than what it is now. Yes. Oh boy. And uh, the the statistical worst batting average for the entire league. Uh, the the next rung down was 1968, and that was a batting of average of two two thirty seven. Of course, that's the the year of the pitcher, and then uh... ah, dang. What do you think this says about what's happening in baseball right now? Well, since um. The, the the last time batting averages in baseball were this bad was 1968. That was the year the Detroit Tigers won. So AJ Hinch and crew, watch out. Ooh, okay. Um. Also, it was the Tigers and the Cardinals, I believe, and the Cardinals won that World Series on the back of Bob Gibson. So I was excited about this idea, and now I am not. No, the Tigers won it in '68. Dang it! Did they? did they did sure. uh oh. it was um shows how much i know off the back of uh the bird mark fidrich and storm and norman and al Kaline and uh all those guys my grand my grandpa was a big fan of 1967 um, was the world series champion st louis cardinals that off the bob back gibson. of bob gibson my bad everybody bob gibson's my favorite pitcher of all time i should have known that <laughs> so so while batting averages are down um OPS is the 23rd lowest in in baseball history. Now that's 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 in all recorded baseball, not just the modern era. Yeah. Um so the 23rd lowest on base percentage, the lowest amount of hits per game. I think the I think we're at 7.59 hits per game. The next lowest being 7.75 hits per game in 1908, which was the dead ball era. Mm. Um so a lot of a lot of the comparable stats you're seeing more this year mirror the dead ball era of baseball. Um, I I don't I, I you know there was a lot of talk about the ban on sticky stuff during the season last year and how we were going to see offensive numbers go through the roof and then you know Manfred dead in the ball we don't have the juice balls anymore so offense is going to go down and. Things are going to balance out eventually. You know what? Uh, at least in my opinion, the the biggest culprit of this is is <clears throat> excuse me uh, the uh, shortened spring training. You've got guys who did not get a full spring training that are just starting to kind of figure out their swing, iron out the mechanics, get in the routine of it. So they're all you know not hitting very well. Um, I I at least I believe. Numbers will rebound in May as, you know, we got the first month out of the season. We're starting to get back in the normal swing of baseball. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. What do you think, Maz? I think that the numbers are going to rebound maybe around the All-Star break because I am convinced that they mess with the ball throughout the season. So I'm just convinced that they'll do something just to get a little bit more offense in the game because that's, I mean, that's low. You shouldn't. That's a low batting average. And, you know, you're comparing it to dead ball numbers, which is insane. So I, I'm convinced that they'll change something with the ball around the all-star break midseason 
um, to try to get the numbers to be balanced out a little bit more. I wouldn't be shocked if it starts to rebound in like May or June once guys, you know, get properly warmed up and the weather starts to get warmed up a little bit. But as the ball starts to fly a little bit further once it gets warmer outside. Yeah, if I had to bet, I would say it would probably be around the All-Star break. But I don't know. What do I know? I, I, I buy that. That sounds logical to me. Yeah. Well, kind of wrapping up everything that's been going on this week. We've got, I guess I just want to touch on the Mets real quick. It's about the Mets, baby. Love the Mets. Let's go Mets. Uh, have yeah. won every one of their series is to start off the year. Uh, they are currently, they were the first team to 10 wins, which was pretty sick. Um, they are currently, as we're recording this, uh, beating the Diamondbacks, starting uh, an 11-5 and record. So it's either they're going to win their first five series in a row to start the year, or this will be the first series that they lose, depending on which way it goes. Um, are you as fearful of the Mets as the rest of the league should be? <laughs> well, as you know, I watch American League Baseball, so the amount yeah, I mean, of time... I mean for the World Series. <laughs> <sighs> I, no, I'm not fearful. I am hopeful. Okay. I am hopeful. hopeful, hopeful Mets, I am hopeful that the Mets are for real. Um, because there's another blue team out there that has, uh, had its fair share of reign of terror over the national league that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, sit their sit their butts home this, you know, postseason. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I also grew up near Binghamton, which is where the AAA affiliate of the Mets, uh, at least when I was there, the Binghamton Mets, I used to go to all of their games. So I have good a, old rumble ponies now. Yep. Uh, I have a, I have a little soft place in my heart for the Mets. So. I let's go Mets. All right. I love to hear it. Let's go Mets. Baby. Love the Mets. Um, Last thing, I guess we're we're orange and blue bros. So, Oh yeah. Orange and blue. Okay. Orange and blue. Let's go. Orange and blue world series. Uh, Maybe let's see. Probably not. Probably not. Because one of us will not be there. I don't, I don't know. Well, uh, if if we're basing it off of right now in this season, uh, it's definitely not us. (laughs) <laughs> well, I know better than to get too excited. Uh, ask me in August if the Mets are good, or July if the Mets are good, and then then, then I'll tell you. Um, Any chance I get to see Max Scherzer just dominate and be successful, I'm I'm here for it. Same here. Love that man. Um, you mentioned minor league baseball. I guess kind of the last ser- last note that we want to touch on for this episode before we turn it over to Lewis and Ben is uh, those good old Savannah Bananas. I, you know, um, I'm, I'm banana hoping, ball. Hoping this becomes a regular thing because uh, I, I, it was one of the podcasts that I wasn't on where I heard the Savannah Bananas were mentioned, and I went and did some research because I didn't know who they were, and I got sucked into a two-hour YouTube rabbit hole watching Savannah Banana games, <laughs> and I am, I am 100% here for it. I think it's great. It's, uh, if if you if you're not familiar, go go do some research on the Savannah Bananas. They're a they're a minor league affiliate. And they play the baseball game a little bit differently. And uh, it's, it's all about banana ball. Uh, make sure ball. safe search is on when you search that. Yes. Very <laughs> Just much to so. be safe. So I was on Twitter, as some of us are more than others. As <clears throat> my, life, my life and I hate it. Exactly. You can call me out directly. Uh, I, it's fine. I, I try to stay off Twitter as much as possible. <laughs> uh a story came across my Twitter feed where former Major League Baseball Golden Glove winner Jake Peavy made an appearance pitching for the Savannah Bananas 
mm-hmm. and in an uh, in a in a twist that can only be described as Savannah Banana Baseball. Uh, Jake Peavy pitched a game wearing his gold glove. He won the Bananas game, and I just thought that was was just fantastic. That's pretty great. And so it's like a metal glove, right? Or is it like a? Oh, it, like it, a it looked like a. It looked like a uh, like. Like a more regulation baseball glove that was spray painted gold. Oh, okay. So like the actual trophy, but it's not like metal. It's a, a, a glove. It's a it's a gold glove. I think guys should do that anyway. I think that should be a thing in, in Major League Baseball. I mean, I guess I get why guys don't because they have like endorsement deals and stuff, uh, you know, with the colors and stuff. Well, there's, there's the tradition of uh, after a team wins the World Series for a couple of couple of series throughout the, 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 the following season, they have the gold trim jerseys, which I love. And I think they're I, yeah. I think they're great. Uh, Some people the, hate them. I, I love them. I adore them. I have one in my closet. Um, I have hats for the Red Sox, I believe. So, yeah, I adore they, them. They look great. So why not, you know, spray paint some gold gloves so they can some out, infielders and outfielders can use gold gloves the year after they win the World Series? I know what they do do is I think a lot of guys have like a gold patch on their glove, like the like the Rawlings, like mm-hmm. patch. I think it's gold on guys that were gold, uh, won gold gloves. And I know with the Roberto Clemente Award they started doing this year is that if you're a Roberto Clemente Award recipient, you actually get to wear a number 21 patch on the back of your hat. That's, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, awesome. Normalize doing that, man. I want to see, you know, all-star stuff on people's sleeves or gold gloves or, you know, like in f- football where they have like the captain's patches with like yeah. multiple stars for how many years. You ca- yeah, do that. Do it, do it, do it. Uh, give me some more individuality and recognition of these guys that have really done something excellent in the in the seasons. I 100% agree. So shout out to Jake Peavy and his gold glove and the Savannah and Bananas for having a fun little banana ball baseball down you guys there. Keep doing your thing out there. It's it's not unnoticed. And I will as soon as I can get out to uh, as I can get out to Georgia, I'd love to go catch a bananas game because I think that would be a hoot. Same here because I ain't going to a Braves game. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> speaking of doing their thing, just keep doing our thing as well. Thanks for joining me, Phil. That about wraps it up. Pleasure as always, Maz. Thanks for having me on. All right, everybody stick around past the break because we've got Lewis and Ben, who is the Baltimore Oriole Power Ranker, and they're going to talk about that, so stay tuned. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is Lewis here, and I am joined today by Ben, who is the Orioles Power Ranker here on the 10th anniversary of the our baseball power rankings starting. Ben, how are you today? I'm exhausted from the day, but doing great otherwise. How about you? I, I'm doing well. Um, right before this, for those listeners at home, uh, me and Ben watched the Rays blow their no-hit bid uh, with the Manfred runner scoring. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we turned it on pretty quick after that. And uh, for those who don't uh, recognize the name Ben. Ben, can you explain your username and pronounce it for me and why it is what it is? Sure. My username is Gib Taf Sasa. 
uh, and literally it's just big fat ass backwards. Um, the, 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 uh, the only reason I use it is because it's something my friends and I in college used to yell at each other across the quad. Um, and I thought, you know, if I'm going to have a username on Reddit, it might as well be something that no one else is going to have. Um, makes so sense. Why not? Why not give taps a shot? So makes makes a whole lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, that's like uh, calling it. Um, me and my roommates always called it Tramlaw, not Walmart, because okay. that, that was just you know that's just what you do, right? You make up random right. things. Um, all right. So, uh, anyways, uh, you are the Orioles power ranker, and yes. uh, how, how long have you been doing this? This is year number three for me. I took over for someone I think was not able to do it anymore. Um, I, I'm sure other people applied to do it. I don't know why I got picked to be the lucky one. But you never know why anyone, yeah. get, you know, it's always mysterious sometimes how uh, yeah. KJAC chooses um, those things. <laughs> I'm sure there are smarter Orioles fans out there. Um, I'm sure there are smarter baseball fans out there. But year three, I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of what I consider my power rankings to be and my formula and it's not really that scientific but uh <laughs> it, for me it's for me it's fun just to put my very low opinion out there of what the Orioles are doing and what other teams are doing throughout the week well see the nice thing about the reddit power rankings is there's 29 other people to tell you if you're wrong um and <laughs> then there's a million to two million in the comment section who might show up to tell you why you're wrong so uh, yeah plenty of feedback. for sure plenty of for feedback. Sure. <laughs> So, uh, Ben, for the power rankings, what is your philosophy on what the power in power rankings actually means? I mean, are you debating how many kilowatts this team could produce if we stuck them on treadmills? What's what's your idea of what power is for power rankings? That That's actually a fantastic use of the word power. I would have never even thought of it that way. Um, for me, I, I think the power is if you put that team in any situation in that given week, how are they going to perform or how have they performed? Um, I know I, I see a lot of the comments and I see a lot of people talk about, you know, I think the, the Padres should be top 10, or I think they should be seven because we're going to get Tatis back and we're going to, we're going to get Snell back and this, that, and the other. And that's great, but you don't have them for that week. And it's, to me, I look at it, it's always changing. It's always going to be a, a, a live kind of document, let's say. Mm -hmm. So where week one is not going to look anything like week 20 if, if you're doing it the right way. You're not just taking a copy of the standings and saying, all right, well, the Mets are the first one to double-digit win, so they're the best-ranked team. And I'll just <laughs> you know, go down from there. So for me, when I look at power, I look at you know literally that last week of production, okay. what you did, who your opponents were, because obviously you're, if you're beating up on the, the Diamondbacks and the Reds and the Orioles of the world, great. I mean, you're supposed to beat those teams. Right. So your team is not as good as you may think they are, even though they just got a four-game sweep against a team in the bottom 10% of the league. Whereas, you know, like the, the Rays and Red Sox are having a great series, probably going to split the games. Those games are going to mean a little bit more because the, the teams are evenly matched and they're much better teams. So I take that into account. I'm big into run differential. Okay. Um, to me, that's just a sign of good pitching. I mean, yeah, it's timely hitting, but if you're outscoring your teams by an average of three or four runs a game over your wins, to me, that means you there's a formula there for winning. 
So you, on the days you aren't going to pitch well, you may still have a few wins that you right. weren't expecting because of how many runs your team can score. Um, but for me, each week, the power really is, is what you've done in the past 168 hours okay. and, and how much, you know, how much have you put into those seven days, what got accomplished. And, you know, unfortunately for some teams, who's out, right. how long are they out? Um, and how's that going to affect them moving forward? Okay. So uh, you are not a, a high on the Mariners fund differential is, is what That's, I'm hearing. You don't, uh, you no, don't have a special I, I, column for, for fund differential. I, I do like teams that are, are invested in having a good time. Um, I love home run celebrations. I, you know, Jazz Chisholm's Eurostep, a jacket <laughs> in Toronto, Mike Trout wearing a cowboy hat. The Orioles used to pie people yes. at the end of games when they were good. Like I, I love that feeling of uniformity within each team. Um, but no, it doesn't really play much into the rankings, unfortunately. You know, I, I, I used to do them. I regret not having a home run celebration column because mm. I, I feel like that chemistry really uh, helps, helps. I don't know. I, I work in statistics. I can't say that with any sincerity, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it used to be like you'd see cool handshakes. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. And like kids would emulate like that type of handshake. Now it's like people are riding in shopping carts that they stole right. from like the circle okay or something. And you're like, all right, how'd that get into the dugout? That's that's weird. And like I want somebody to like next time somebody hits home run to get a fire extinguisher from the dugout and just spray them as they come back to the dugout because they're so hot. It's like, oh my god, I gotta cool them off. And they get a fire extinguisher. That could be somebody else's celebration. I you just you just gave that away for free, man. You could have tweeted but, the Orioles, copyrighted that. I don't. All right, so so uh, week to week, um, you know it's it's Saturday today when we're recording. Um, results come out Monday. What's your process here for putting your rankings together based on you know what you just said that that weekly power that you're feeling from teams? So week one, I used to do it Sunday night. I used to do it as soon as. Probably, I want to say it was around 10 o'clock at night. So the last, the Sunday night baseball game hadn't finished yet, but I kind of knew like where it was heading. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be, I wanted, I was, everything from the week was fresh and kind of, I wanted to get my thoughts down on paper. Year three, I wait until Monday, right? And you probably like after lunch. So for me, I know the the sheet closes, I think at like 2.15 my time or 3.15 You're my time. You're the one KJX always complaining about in mod chat. Okay. It's that's possible. What I'm it's possible. <laughs> um, but that gives me, it gives me time to, to kind of review right. a lot of the, the box scores and a lot of things that happened over the week. So my first year, I was really adamant on trying to be like the first or second one in because I just wanted to get it done and kind of do the right thing and not miss a week of voting because I know that's important. Now I, I really... I don't want to say I spend more time with it. I just am, am much more cognizant of what I need to look for when I'm doing my rankings. And then just being able to review kind of the whole week in, in a picture and just say, all right, each team did this this week, each team, you know, I, I won't go through all 30. Like I know some teams are just where right. they are because they're just terrible. I mean, I think um, we all know where the Reds are going to end up uh, almost yeah, unanimously this week, row, right? I like. mean, they're, they're, <laughs> Their owner came out and was like, all right, well, you know, if you don't like it, you know, go after yourselves. This is the only thing you have right now until Bengal season starts in like three weeks. So you're stuck with us until at least June. And then they rolled off 10 losses in a row. So is he worse than Marge shot? 
I don't know. It's tough, you know? I, I feel like that's an apples and oranges comparison that right, I don't want yeah, to get that controversial here on the podcast. So, uh. okay, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that's my process. I just, you know, once, once the week's up, Monday afternoon, I'll sit there and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll write a too long blurb, which, you know, I can't really mm-hmm. fit my thoughts into 475 characters or whatever it is. Um, but I try and put uh, whatever the, I think the Orioles have done well last year was a train wreck and I could not be positive even though Cedric Mullins has had the first 30 30 season for the Orioles they're just I mean they stunk they were right. terrible yeah. they they couldn't couldn't put together a win streak their hitting was great their pitching was abysmal um it was I tough mean, to be positive you're talking to someone who was the twins power ranker from like 2012 until 2017 so mm. um I know a thing about uh trying to find something to glean from a week of games that you half watched uh yeah. to, to stick in um just to try try to explain why we're losing so many games <laughs> and it's it's not easy for people that you know you've done this I, i've done it for a couple of years for people that think we just kind of put numbers on a, a grid and just kind of mail it in i like to think that a lot of us kind of take our time and put actual thought into what yeah. we're trying to accomplish it may not look that way to a lot of people <laughs> who are very they, they really love their teams and i appreciate their, their fandom but i think we all try to do our best and you're right like trying to come up with something positive when your team is 13 and 47 is not super easy no so yeah. <laughs> all right so I'm just, I know you said you, you wait till Monday to really start mulling over, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to jumpstart the process just a little bit here mm-hmm. uh, this week. I know there's still the late game Saturday. Your team hasn't even played um, yeah. what five, six games this week. We've got all of Sunday's games, but so far from the week, what's kind of caught your attention and is going to be influencing where you're going to be putting teams. So, and it's a great question because I actually had to look at my last week rankings um, and I highlighted a couple of things. One that jumped out at me is the first week I had the Guardians at 15. Pretty average, not, you know, a, a first week of games is kind of just right. a crapshoot. We get like four games and you're kind of just throwing numbers at the dartboard. Last week I had them at 20. This week they might scratch my top 10. And you're thinking like the Guardians top 10, they're a 500 team. Yes, they're a 500 team. But they're, again, to me, run differential, huge. They're, they're plus 21 in that category. They had a 500 week, but their wins have been solid wins. Um, to me, and again, looking at some teams around them, are they better than the Mariners? Maybe. They could probably beat them in a three out of five series. Are they better than the Yankees? Uh, let's see how the series finishes out (laughs) yeah i mean you want to say no but i mean if you shut down the yankees bats which a lot of teams are doing you know not recently they've had a good stretch of of games but it's so early like they they could beat the yankees in a five-game series if it came down to it um you know and just some other top 10 teams that people would look at yeah i mean the padres are okay I mean, when I say they're okay, they're nine and six right now, which is a 600 winning percentage, but they had a 500 week. Yeah. So before that they were, you know, they were winning 67% of their games 
And again, they don't look, and again, they're playing the Dodgers and I understand that they don't look dominant. You know, their run differentials in the teams, um, you know, Cleveland has a top five run differential and maybe I put too much emphasis on it, but like we were talking about earlier, it just, to me, I look at it as you're going to win games that maybe you're not supposed to, or maybe games that your pitching is just going to not be that great. And again, when you have Shane Bieber out there once every five days, it's, it's hard to argue against Shane Bieber every five days. I mean, that's hypothetically, I mean, he's not quite getting Felix out there because the guardians have, as you said, they've been scoring runs. Mm -hmm. Copious amounts of runs. They're like one of three teams in baseball that still remembers how to score runs. Yeah. Um, and that's what the people will argue with me is <laughs> they'll, they'll look at that and then I'll put the Rays at like 14th or 15th, let's say. They'll be like, well, the Rays are such a better team and they're going to be, you know, the, the champions of the American League East. And they probably will. They'll probably end the year with 97 wins. They'll, they'll probably, you know, they'll probably be one or two seed in the playoffs. But in week three, they're not as good as the Guardians. On paper, yeah, they are. But results, not so much. Um, another, another one I had highlighted was the White Sox. So I've had them in the top 10, both weeks. I had them five week one and seven week two. Um, this week they're going to be in my bottom third. They've lost five in a row, um, four and six in their last 10 only scored 44 runs, uh, in 13 games. So barely four runs a game. Luis Roberts injured. Um, again, on paper, they look great. But, Eloy died again too today. I don't know if you okay. saw that. He uh, no, I didn't. So. Yeah, he 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 just blew out his leg running to first. I don't, awesome. I don't know. Uh, awesome. It was it was really weird. Uh, didn't that like, happen to him last year? No, that was him running into a fence in spring training oh, okay. because, sure. I, you know what? Him and Buxton are are actually pretty comparable running into fences. Mm. randomly blowing out your leg running a routine play yep okay yeah i I can see it yeah uh, (laughs) that was that was interesting today um yeah but i'm not gonna have them in my top 10 i might not even have them in my top 20 um because again i look at the other teams around them similar records i mean detroit has won two in a row you know and miggy got his three thousandth hit they're again they know how to score runs their pitching is average it's not great it's not terrible um another team that's close to them which you know uh, again the twins won a couple in a row i mean could the twins beat the white Sox right now yeah probably you know with with the injuries the white Sox have um the pirates are much better than the white Sox, which is such a weird thing to say because no one expects the pirates to do anything um but yeah and the 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 other thing it just to me i'm i I'm sure if 10,000 people read the power rankings, I will have the Phillies near the bottom. And it's for a myriad of reasons. Um, but it's just the fact that they're terrible right now. <laughs> they are, they're three and seven in their last 10. They've given up a ton of runs. I mean, almost 80 runs their in the first 15 games. Implodes. It comes yes. in and it's just gone. They, so their bullpen is what the Orioles bullpen was supposed to be this year. And it's done a complete 180. Their pitching is awful. Sure, they can hit the ball. They, they've hit, I don't know, 17 homers or some ridiculous number. But as a team, they're terrible. 
Now, again, we're in week three. Right. So 10 weeks from now, when it's week 13, and there are three games behind the Mets for first place, I'll put them back in the top 10. But right now, they suck. So for me, in the power rankings for week three, they may be ranked like 27. And it's just because of where they're at currently. They have great players, great individual players, but as a team, they're not performing. So, Okay. Well, uh, do you have any other thoughts on just the power rankings in general um, or uh, any, any reflections on the past 10 years or three I mean, for you? I've been doing it for three. <laughs> uh, I, I would be curious to see why the Orioles person dropped out. Um, uh, you know, for me, most fun. of us had kids and, you know, uh, yeah. that's, that's why I, that's why I dropped out uh, of doing okay. it. <laughs> All right. So you're saying us people with no kids have much more free time. Is that what it is? That is absolutely what I am saying. Like, um, I will yeah, not sugarcoat me, that. That is absolutely a hundred percent true. <laughs> I think for me, the power rankings is just a way for me to, I, I don't know. I, I, I love the Orioles so much. Um, I even volunteer for the team. I, it's my 10th year volunteering for them. So the Orioles have a group of people called the Oriole Advocates, who are the only major league team that has something like this, where when we have giveaways, and every stadium has giveaways, mm-hmm. the Twins might have T-shirt nights, bobbleheads, all that stuff. Every other stadium, that stuff is given away by the ushers. For the Orioles, it's given away by the group that I volunteer with called the Oriole Advocates. So I get to, to be a part of the organization that oh, not nice. a lot of other people get the ability to. And that's, you know, growing up around Baltimore and, and watching this team since I was, God, since I was like six years old, um, th- these rankings give me the chance to uh, express my fandom in a way that, you know, the Orioles subreddit doesn't let me do. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd love that subreddit and that subreddit has diehard fans. Um, this, this, I think gives me the ability to give other people a perspective of a, of a fan of a team who is really wants to see a winner and was super happy in 2014, 2016, and really thought we were going places and then just watched it just blow up in our face. So. Uh, well, so you mentioned, you know, blowing up in your face. Um, you've obviously been to a few games this year. Uh, mm-hmm. How, uh, what's kind of your view on what, what the Orioles season it, you, you should expect to watch from it? Um, I mean, you, you know, you're expected to kind of be in the basement, um, mm-hmm. but w- what, what are you looking for every game that you watch and go to um, that, that gives you that little, little glimmer of excitement to, to keep coming back? Um passion (laughs) i really i it's tough to and i get it like the players uh, i guess it's really tough to be on a team that's not winning Mm -hmm. i understand that um but when i see players like jorge mateo who's not a household name i mean the guy we got we picked up off the scrappy um you know run out every single grounder he hits you know pops up from a slide at second base and is just fired up about everything i i like to see that um Sure, I'd love to see Cedric Mullins hit another 30 homers. Trey Mancini's comeback story is one for the ages. I mean, you come back and beat colon cancer and not only like have a great, like a, like a great season for a guy who was in chemotherapy a year before, mm-hmm. 
but to go to the home run derby and finish second place to Pete Alonso and just put on the show that he put on phenomenal to, so just seeing him on the field is, is something that I like to see. Um, but for me as an Orioles fan, I want to see growth. I want to see the team improve in a variety of different ways, not just record wise. I mean, yeah, I would like to see him not lose a hundred games. That's that, that. always the dream. Always <laughs> that's the, the starter. Yeah, that's that's always the start at the beginning of the year. All right, ninety six losses. Let's let's really try let's and do it. For it. Um, but for me, I it, I want to see growth. I want to see if we're giving these young guys an opportunity. I want to see him take advantage of it. I want to see him kind of make the job of Brandon Hyde tough when mm-hmm. they you know when we are calling up Adley and we're calling up. Grayson Rodriguez and we're calling up Stowers and we're calling up all our other, you know, young guns that are ready for the the bright lights. I want them to make it a tough decision. I want them to be like, all right, well, we can keep Adley. And obviously Adley's a, a rare, you know, kind of yeah. talent that is going to be up when he's ready. But, you know, we're, we're deep in the outfield position. We're finally deep in the pitching staff, supposedly. Um, There's no so such I, thing as a pitching prospect. That's, right, exactly. So that's I, just... I, for me, when I when I go to these games and I, and I sit and watch, I, I want to see, like we had talked about earlier in Baseball IQ, I want to see them, you know, out there making smart decisions, using the tools that they have, and, and performing like a major league baseball team. And there were some games last year where they just looked like a double-A team. And these are guys making millions of dollars, booting the ball around, um, throw into the wrong base and it was you, you want to use the word embarrassing but it, it, it's, it's tough to use that when you don't expect much so it was <laughs> let's let's say disheartening is, is the right word to use it's just disheartening when you go and you you expect a certain product and you get far far less than oh that. yeah all right, so beyond the Orioles, you've had a chance to see a few of the rest of the teams in the AL East. How do you see that division playing out? Ignoring the power rankings aspect the, the last week, where do you see um, this division heading by the end of the year? If I were projecting, let's say, to me, Toronto has the most full team, the most complete team. Um, hitting, pitching, bullpen, the moves they made in the off season, um, th- their talent is, I don't want to say far and away better than everyone else in the AL East. Cause I, I think four out of the five teams are very, very talented. And then you have the Orioles. Um, <laughs> but I mean, and it's, you know, again, I hope to change my tune in the next two to three years, but when you look at the, the roster up and down, it's going to be a, a fight to the finish. I think, different teams are going to be in first place throughout the year. And, you know, it'll be very interesting to see the moves that are made before the trade deadline. Okay. I really think, again, with the, with the added teams in the playoffs, it's so weird to think that four teams from the American League East could make it technically into the playoffs. Um, there will probably be three, and I, I'd probably say Toronto, Tampa, and Boston. And I think New York's kind of the – the catch-all because if if they don't if their offense doesn't round out let's say um and judge isn't hitting and stanton isn't hitting and rizzo isn't hitting you know they gave up sanchez and they got higashioka behind the plate who you know is great defensively but offensively is not sanchez um 
He moved Torres over to second. He still hasn't found his groove that he had two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, I, I look at it as a three-team race. And it's going to be it's exciting for those teams' fan bases because they're going to get to see amazing baseball from April to September. And we're going to see him beat up on the Orioles 19 times. And that's the thing, you know, looking at the past three or four years, Toronto, Boston, and Tampa have destroyed the Orioles. And their combined record is like 49 and 12 for some ridiculous number. And, and you guys Yankees, are walk-off walks against Chapman. Right. And the Yankees <laughs> have like a 500 record against us over the last three years, which makes absolutely no sense. Um, so that's, and that's where I think their shortcoming is, is they – sometimes don't beat the teams they're supposed to beat um who knows why who knows why anything happens in baseball Uh, whatever it is you guys have can you lend it to the twins just once for one playoff series i just i want to know what it's like to beat anyone in the playoffs um but especially (laughs) the the yankees that that'd be a lot of fun for us uh yeah i mean at least your last world series is in the 90s i mean ours is in the 80s barely barely (laughs) but yeah i I look at the al east and it's it's just loaded it's just loaded with talent and and you know even though we have people coming up from the minors you know within the next two or three years toronto is a young team yes they're they're just they're so good I mean, they're going to be good for the next seven or eight years. It's not like Tampa is walking out there with a bunch of 40-year-olds. Right. I mean, Wander Franco's 20. Like, they're going to be good for a long time, too. And the Yankees can just buy whoever they need to buy. And the Red Sox can buy whoever they need to buy. So it's it's depressing to be in this division, um, even though we won it a few years ago because, you know, we had a great team. Our team did great things. But the AL East um, – Right now, we're, we're looking up, and we're looking up at a lot of talent, and it's going to be a long, long year. Oh, well, Ben, thank you so much for, for coming on and sitting down with us here and uh, for your weekly reflection on how long the year really is, counting down week by week uh, with power rankings. Do you have any just final thoughts on baseball in 2022 before we let you go here? Uh, we were talking about it earlier, offense. Yeah. Offense is down across the board and just I'm looking at you know runs scored and the Orioles have scored 33 runs for the year so yeah. far I think they've hit like three homers um and and we talked about the batting averages being as low as they've been since the 1800s and deadening the ball um I'll be interested to see when the temperatures get warmer how that affects the offense because as a baseball fan I, I love a one nothing pitching duel. It takes two hours and 20 minutes. But at the same point, I, I just, I love offense. I love mm-hmm. seeing people run around the bases. I love, who doesn't love seeing 500 foot homers? I don't like seeing right. 10 of them. But if no, I can see like enough to keep it special. Game, yeah, enough to keep I, it special. Exactly. So I'll be curious to see if the offense picks up <clears throat> when the weather picks up. But it, it'll, it'll be a weird year if the offense is stagnant like it is right now it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out throughout the rest of the year i i agree well ben thanks so much for coming on and sitting down with us here today um if you're listening on release day guess what the power rankings come out this afternoon kjack does a great job getting those out every week you can go look at what ben put down in the transparency link 
and tell him why he made such terrible picks and ask him why he hates your team so much. Um, and uh, yeah, make sure, make sure to really tell power rankers that because they really do care about your opinion quite a bit and uh, definitely change their minds about teams when you, when you argue with them. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, it's real good. Real that's, good for our self-esteem makes yes. us feel really good about ourselves. <laughs> For sure. Well, thank you so much for, for both those things. I am going to turn things back over uh, for the outro here. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, everybody, that wraps up episode 69. One more time, nice, of our Baseball Weekly. As usual, Lewis was the executive producer. Christine is the production administrator. And our intro was hosted by myself, Maz, and I was joined by Phil. As usual, again, Nime edited today's episode, and our theme music was composed by Chuck Lace. Our Baseball Weekly releases every Monday at about 1 a.m. Eastern, so it's ready for your morning commute. Thank you for listening, as always, friends, and I'll see you next week.